Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi everyone, this is Trent Sutton with Wild Imaginings, and we are presenting you a fantastical history of Waco. Fabulous tales of dubious veracity, written by Ashley Bean Thornton. <laughs> Today's story, Waco's Lake of Air. Most people in Waco are familiar with Lake Waco. The large artificial lake originally formed when the Lower Boston River was dammed in 1929. Far fewer, however, know that before Lake Waco, there was another lake. A smaller, very different kind of lake. One that was submerged when Lake Waco was created. Only a few people ever even knew about this lake. But for those few, it was a precious place. Some people called it the Lake of Sweet Dreams. Some people called it the Lake of Air. And eventually, this became simply Lake, Lake Air. Air. Cornelia Pace and Lula Yang were 12 years old when they discovered the Lake of Air. The, the year, year was 1881. Lula was one of only a few Chinese girls in town, and the other children teased her unmercifully. Lula, why do your eyes look like that? Why don't you ever open them? Oh, they are open. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said that you should just go back where you came from. If you can see to find your way, that is. Cornelia's mother had passed away when Cornelia was only five. Her father loved his daughter, but he had never stopped missing his wife. He suffered from terrible insomnia and was always sad and tired. Cornelia had largely raised herself. She tended to dress haphazardly and was another favorite target of the local children. Crazy Cornelia! Crazy Cornelia! <laughs> Dressing like that, more like Crazy Cornelius, looks like a mad scientist. Don't you have any new dresses, Cornelia? Yeah, my mom bought me... Oh, oh wait, that's right! <laughs> you don't have a mom! She probably left because she saw how you dressed and knew there was no helping you. It wasn't long before Lula and Cornelia bonded out of self-defense. They were outcasts, but at least they could be outcasts together. Before long, they discovered that they both loved science and nature. They spent many happy afternoons exploring the large field of tall prairie grass, just behind the small house where Cornelia lived. One day, during an exploration, Cornelia heard a hissing sound 
like steam escaping from a tea kettle. Then she felt air seeping out from the ground beneath her feet. Lula, come here. What is it? Feel this. Is the air coming from the ground? Yeah. Incredible. I've never seen anything like this. I've never felt anything like this. It's like wind. But warm. But refreshing at the same time. I don't believe it. Yeah. Let's let's take some home with us. What? Let's let's take some home with us. Cornelia, we can't take it home with us. It's air. How would we Your bag? Lula's eyes widened, catching on to what her friend was saying. Quickly, she took a red silk bag out of her pocket. She always carried it with her. It was what the girls used for collecting specimens on their daily adventures. With the bag in Lula's hands, the girls bent down for a closer look and saw a mysterious mist escaping from a crack in the ground. Just open the bag and let it fill up with air and then tie it tight so it can't escape. Okay, I'll just... The bag swelled with the mist more quickly than Lula anticipated. Almost as soon as she opened the bag over the small crevice, it had ballooned to its full size. With an excited squeal, Lula drew the strings on the bag, closing it tight. I got it! (laughs) Amazing! But before the girls could celebrate further, the bag floated right out of Lula's hands and up into the sky. For several moments, the girls just looked up watching the bag grow smaller and smaller until, eventually, it disappeared out of sight completely. I don't believe it. Did you just... Yeah, incredible. What in the world? What did we just find? I have no idea. Me either, but I think I have an idea. What? Meet me here tomorrow. I want it to be a surprise. You'll see. Oh, come on! No, just meet back here tomorrow like always. Fine. Now, Lula's mother ran a small dry goods store downtown on the square. She sold a number of things, but she was known for selling silk cloth from the Orient. So that night, Lula made an even bigger bag out of some leftover silk her mother had left at the end of a bolt of cloth. Lula! What are you doing? Oh, hi, Mom. Um, I'm just making a bag. What What happened to the bag I made you? Um, well, I... This one looks bigger than the last one. Exactly. Cornelia and I are collecting more specimens than I expected. There's some fascinating stuff out in there in that prairie grass. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Just be careful with the sewing needles, okay? I will be, Mom. Just like you taught me. Mm, I'm heading to bed. It was a long day at the shop. Good night, Lula. Good night, Mom. Lula sewed through the night. She had to double-check each stitch, making sure they were perfect. She didn't want any air to escape the bag. (laughs) As the sun rose the following day, She had just finished sewing. Lula, were you up all night? 
Wow, I didn't even realize. You may be young, but you still need your sleep, young lady. I know, Mom. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. But I can't right now. I'm too excited. Oh, what I would give for your energy, Lula. You go on. Have a fun day with your new specimen bag. Thanks, Mom. With that, Lula ran all the way to Cornelia's house. Okay, I could hardly sleep last night. I was so excited. What is the surprise? Well, I didn't sleep at all. I was up all night making this. Another bag? Lula, that's the surprise? Not just another bag. A big bag. Lula, we already found out what- You'll see. Just come on. Cornelia followed Lula, who was practically sprinting towards yesterday's discovery. Following Lula's directions, Cornelia leaned over the bag while Lula filled it with air. When the bag was full, which only took a few seconds, Lula tied the strings and let it go. And once Lula let go, Cornelia gently floated up into the air atop the bag. Three feet, four feet, five, and finally six feet above the ground. I don't believe it. I, I'm I'm flying. You're floating. This is amazing. What's it like? Amazing. It's like laying on a cloud. Oh, me next, me next. Well, give me down and then you can try. Lula grabbed the strings, which she had purposely left extra long, and slowly pulled the bag back down to earth. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Cornelia hopped off the bag of air and Lula hopped on. And just as Cornelia had, Lula floated six feet up into the air. It's like I'm dreaming while I'm awake. This is incredible. The two girls took turns riding their newly created cloud up and down all day until the sun was about to set. You know, I think it's my turn to have an idea. What? Can I come home with you tonight? Cornelia's idea was a simple one. If the floating bag was indeed like laying on a cloud, why could it not be a bed? And couldn't a bed that comfortable cure her father's insomnia? She intended to find out. Once more, Lula's mother found her sewing in the early hours of the morning. Again, Lula. Hi, Miss Yang. Uh, sorry, <laughs> this is my fault, I'm afraid. Lula brought her new bag today, and I just had to have one of my own. Lula, don't you need to be getting some sleep tonight? Yes, Mom, I will. I'm sorry, Miss Yang. I'll, I'll help her so that it doesn't take all night. I promise. Mm. Your cloths are just so beautiful. You're too kind, Cornelia. I'm glad my daughter knows you. I wish I could help you too. But today was another long day at the shop, and I'm afraid... I just don't have the energy that you two have. It's okay, Mom. You taught me well. We've got this. Okay, then. Good night, you two. Good, Good night, night Mrs. Yang.
The following night, the girls asked Mr. Pace, Cornelia's father, to come outside as they had a surprise for him. They showed him the amazing floating bed that was made from bright orange silk. He didn't believe there was any way it would hold him up. But after much convincing by Cornelia and Lula, he agreed to give it a try. Almost as soon as he laid down, he fell asleep. And he slept all night. The longest he'd slept since his wife died seven years ago. (sighs) Oh my goodness, Did, did I fall asleep? Is it morning? You slept all night, Dad. Oh, well, I suppose I did. I don't believe it. Thank you, girls. You you have no idea. You're welcome, Dad. Mr. Pace slept on his floating bed every night for a week, and then a month. The circles began to disappear from under his eyes. He began to stand up a bit straighter than before. He even began to smile and laugh again. All the while, Cornelia and Lula continued to explore the grassland. They discovered several more spots where the air was seeping out. They determined that there must be a whole underground lake of the wonderful air underneath the grassy field. Eventually, Lula told her mother about the lake of air and Mr. Pace's floating orange bed. Let me get this straight. Those bags you sewed? They're actually beds? That's right. We filled them with air and they're floating in the field behind Cornelia's house. And Mr. Pace actually sleeps on one? Yeah, every night. Hmm. I thought you told me Cornelia's dad suffered from insomnia. He did. I don't believe it. Mrs. Yang decided to try it for herself. She and Lula set to work sewing a new bed, and the next evening they took it to Cornelia's house. After sleeping on it only one night, she discovered it eased the pain in her back that she got from working all day at the store. After sleeping on it a week, she discovered she no longer worried night and day about making enough money to feed the family. Soon, she was spending most nights on her floating bed under the stars. In time, the girls met more restless souls they thought could benefit from the wonderful lake of air. A new mother whose baby had the colic. A former soldier who had terrible nightmares. A grandma who tossed and turned worrying about her grandchildren. And so many more. Mrs. Yang sewed them each a bag of beautiful colored silk. Soon, the grassland behind the Pace House was dotted every night with floating beds of emerald green, scarlet, violet, and buttery yellow silk. Each bed containing an anguished soul finally dreaming sweet dreams. Lake Eyre was quietly popular for several years. Some nights, as many as 50 people, adults and children, floated under the stars above the waving grasses. But as the years went by, the city of Waco grew bigger and noisier. Fewer and fewer people believed they could really sleep their pain and worries away on the floating silk beds. 
Besides, they were afraid to sleep outside at night. Come now. Beds don't float. Preposterous. And what if it rains? Or what if we're happened upon by a wild animal? And I, for one, need more than a good night's sleep anyway. <laughs> True. And I wouldn't want to leave my house unattended, crime rates and all. You're exactly right. Then I'd have even more to worry about. And that's exactly what we don't need. Ha! Floating beds. Preposterous. Exactly what I said. Cornelia and Lula were grown women with grown children of their own by the time the city decided to build the dam that would flood the grassland and submerge Cornelia's childhood home under the waters of a new lake. Very few people even remembered the Lake of Air and the nights of serenity it provided. One person who did remember, however, was Arthur Wiley, the chief road engineer for the city of Waco. He had been an anxious child, and his mother, a customer of Mrs. Yang's, had taken him to the Lake of Air to dream away his childish fears. Once the work on the dam and Lake Waco were complete, the city built a road connecting Highway 84 to the site of a new neighborhood that was to be built for people who wanted to live close to the water. Mr. Wiley named the road Lake Air Drive. Many people thought it was a strange name, but when they asked Mr. Wiley about it, he would steer the conversation in a different direction. He knew they would never believe he had slept away his childhood worries floating peacefully above the tall grass and beneath the stars on a bed of silk and air. He wasn't really sure he believed it himself. Is the air coming from the ground? Yeah. Incredible. I have never seen anything like this. I've never felt anything like this. It's like wind. But warm. But refreshing at the same time? I, I don't believe it. it. And that, my friends, is the tale of the Lake of Air. The Lake of Sweet Dreams. Waco's Lake Air. Thank you for joining us today for A Fantastical History of Waco, a podcast brought to you by Wild Imaginings. We have a lot of other great projects besides this podcast. If you want to check out the work that we're doing, please head to wildimaginingswaco.com. See what we're doing, and if you have an idea of your own, let us know. We love working with people, just like we did here at Rogue Media Network and Ashley Bean Thornton, the author of these wonderful stories. Join us next time for another fantastical story. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.